Coming to you from deep inside the vaults of the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, I am Tom Holmes, your curator and guide to vintage electronic music and audio experimentation. This episode, Sitars and Synthesizers. In this episode, we're going to explore the use of the Indian sitar as part of electronic music. With us will be special guest Ami Dang sitarist and electronic musician to explain the instrument and why it has such appeal to electronic musicians. The modern sitar is a stringed instrument that can have 18, 19, 20, or 21 strings. Five to seven of these strings are used to play melodies. The rest are sympathetic strings positioned underneath the frets to add a resonant drone to the played strings. The sitar has 20 movable frets and they can be moved to change the tunings. The neck is long. The instrument has a large resonating body made from a gourd and often has a smaller gourd under the tuning pegs. Overall, the sitar measures about 4 feet or 1.2 meters long and is played sitting down. Prior to 1965, the sound of the sitar was usually heard only in traditional ragas and folk songs of India. The Beatles album Rubber Soul, with its use of the sitar by George Harrison on the track Norwegian Wood, led to an immediate adaptation of the instrument in pop and rock music of the West. The Rolling Stones, Traffic, the Guess Who, Pentangle, and many others all worked the instrument into their songs. Jazz musicians such as Miles Davis, the Art Ensemble of Chicago, and Wolfgang Downer added the sitar to their combos. Some of these artists used actual sitars along with practiced sitar players. Others played it themselves, such as George Harrison of the Beatles and Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones and still others used a guitar-like instrument known as the choral electric sitar. The choral electric sitar was invented in 1967 in Los Angeles by session musician and guitarist Vinnie Bell. And while his instrument was more electric guitar than sitar, it did include six strings for playing melodies and chords, plus 13 sympathetic strings that could be strummed to provide a droning reminiscent of the sitar. In this program, we will hear some examples of the choral electric sitar, but mostly we'll focus on traditional sitar used in electronic music arrangements. Beginning around 1970, there was a growing affinity of the sitar with electronic music. The musical form of the raga is akin to the improvisation and spaciousness of much electronic music. Synthesizers such as the Moog, Bukla, and Arp could reproduce drones and rhythms that could be played in harmony with the sitar. Like electronic music, 
The soothing sounds and extended musical threads of sitar music weave a meditative atmosphere and soothe the restless mind. We are going to explore this union of the sitar with electronic music beginning in 1970 and leading to the present. Joining me for this program is Ami Dang, electronic musician, sitar player, and instructor at the Oberlin Conservatory of Music. She hails from Baltimore and learned classical style sitar locally and in India. We're going to hear several recent works by Ami and she'll explore the symbiotic relationship between sitar music and electronics and explain her approach to fusing the two. First, let's hear a few tracks from the late 60s to make our transition from the days of the electric sitar to experimental music. We're going to hear Quiet Village, played by Vinnie Bell on his album Pop Goes the Electric Sitar from 1967. I think this was the first recording made with his choral electric sitar. Then we'll hear British guitarist Big Jim Sullivan and his piece Flower Power from the album Sitar Beat, also in 1967. This will be followed by a brief interlude from Ultimate Spinach from 1968 and then Marrakesh Express that features both Vinnie Bell on the electric sitar and Dick Hyman on Moog this recording is from Enoch Light and the Light Brigade and is from 1970. Thank you. 
across the minefield of your thoughts, dissolved, wondering, who am I? Why should I be alone, alone? Those tracks combining Western pop instrumentation with the sound of the sitar serve as a great transition to experiments combining electronic music with this instrument. But before we listen to a round of vintage recordings of sitar and electronics from my archive, let's listen to the thoughts of a contemporary practitioner, Ami Dang, and hear some of her music. Before we explore the sitar as an instrument, Ami explains her background in sitar playing. I grew up in Maryland and I studied with a teacher there for a few years of my childhood and then when I was about 21 I studied with my current guru in New Delhi um, 
Dr. Anupa Mahajan. She's a professor with University of Delhi School of Music and Fine Arts. And so I studied really intensively with her for a few months when I was about 21. And then over the years, I've continued to visit with her and uh, try and go and spend time in Delhi and kind of have some intensive periods of study. And that's really been focused on classical training, which it's it's funny because I really don't perform classically at all, but I do. Um, I do appreciate, obviously, that kind of the, the rigorous training that I get when I learn from her. I was wondering about the affinity of the sitar to electronic music, the similarities that attract musicians to find a union of the two. As far as the sitar goes, what makes it a great companion to electronic music, for me, first and foremost, is that juxtaposition of a really, you know, organic sounding, sort of very naturally resonating instrument with technology, which is, um, you know, of course technology can be expressive, but it's not as close to the body or doesn't like resonate in our bodies the same way that a real instrument does. You know, I don't need to plug in the sitar to make noise. So I really, for me, I love bringing those two elements together. There are three aspects of the sitar that one can leverage when blending it with electronic music. The first is that the instrument is designed to play melodies, like a mono synth. The sitar is a lute, and it, which means it's a really a monophonic instrument, or that it's meant to be played that way. So unlike the guitar, where a lot of people play chords on the guitar, the sitar, um, you typically just play one note at a time and you're really playing one main string. So for me, the sitar really lends itself to having other, you know, having an arrangement, other chords, other sounds, which is actually not really, you know, in, in Indian classical music, Hindustani classical music, there's a tampara, which is like the drone that you traditionally hear, along with the tabla, which are the hand drums, but there's not typically a lot of more like a lot more arrangement or, or instruments other than those but to me I really enjoy filling in the bass sound through electronics so you'll hear a lot of sub bass in my work and just really getting a full sound through using the electronics and kind of complementing the fact that it's a monophonic instrument in that way the resonance of the sitar is another distinctive quality of its sound. The sitar is actually not, you know, you pluck it and it has a strong attack and then a fairly quick decay. You, you continue to hear the gourd and the instrument resonate, but other than that, you know, that decay falls off pretty quickly. So I enjoy using a lot of synthesizers and um, electronic, you know, arrangements where you hear this synths or you know sometimes a drone but really like held notes where you're um so i'm juxtaposing that intense attack of the star the pluck with electronics that are um have a, have a longer decay and sustain specifically finally there are ways of performing with self-expression on the sitar that can be likened to using the expression wheels on a synthesizer keyboard one of these is the way that notes can be bent. You know, something that I do with my sitar a lot is, and, and all sitar players typically, is um, bend the strings, or in, in um, 
Hindustani classical music, they, they really call it pulling because you really get your fingers on those strings and pull them down quite like with a lot of force. And it's something, you know, that I, we train to do. So that, I think it's, it's really fun to kind of play with the pulling and getting different tones, microtones, and, you know, juxtaposing that with electronic sounds and with various technology. And again, it kind of comes back to, on one hand, that sound that is like very much a real instrument against the electronics. But then also, you know, on the other hand, electronics can do so much that the instruments that we have created can't do. So, you know, I kind of, I like to play with the, those ideas. And before we listen to Ami's works, I wanted her to discuss some of the background and how she goes about the process of blending the sitar and electronics. My production and electronic music process uh, has included Ableton Live and certain software synthesizers. So for Parted Planes, I used the Absinthe plugin quite a bit, and I used it again a bit in Meditations mixtape. And my process, I think, with the synths and the an instrument kind of goes back and forth between sort of more of like the songwriting approach and also the jamming or improvising over some synth production that I put together. So so kind of um, some songs start more with the improvising and just a free-flowing sitar over some synth ideas that I put together. Or in the case of Simplicity Mind Tool, a piece from Meditations Mixtape, I actually wrote the melody along to a hymn it's a the the lyrics are a sick hymn um, taken from the guru granth sab which is the sikh uh, scripture that's the sikh religion s-i-k-h and so i picked out a hymn that really resonated with me about sort of letting go of material desires and really focusing on universal consciousness and oneness and I picked out that hymn, and then I sat down at a harmonium, which is a small pump organ, and just wrote a melody. I took that, and I um, sat down with my Ableton Live session and used some of the software synths that I used to create like a bass line, and I kind of played sitar. I probably like improvised a little bit with the sitar over the song, and then picked out a few phrases. There was kind of an ostinato in the sitar, um, so I picked, you know, a few of those phrases to repeat in the song and, and then continued from there to automate certain parameters, to change the sitars a little bit, you know, mix the song, and it all kind of comes out, the, the mixing and the automation and that kind of, you know, the way I produce is all um, throughout that process. Where does Ami see her music going? Will she continue to explore extensions of the traditional with new music techniques? So my style, you know, it's, it's, I grew up learning South Asian classical music. And so I would say it is rooted in South Asian classical music, but it certainly isn't extremely classical. It, it is influenced by that. But on the other hand, I, um, I know that something I want to continue getting into is really taking more risks with my sitar. So I, I wouldn't say that I'm the riskiest player, but um, it's something I'm interested in, like preparing my sitar, developing other extended techniques. Alternate tunings is something that I've started to play around with, but not really dug into too much. So, you know, these are all areas that I'd like to dig into. So hopefully you'll get to hear that from me going forward. 
Many thanks to Ami for sharing her thoughts about sitar music and her composing process with us. Let's listen to three of her works, Conch and Crow and Sioux Terrain from the album Parted Plains, released in 2019, and Simplicity Mind Tool from her 2020 album Meditations Mixtape Volume 1.
From the contemporary electronic compositions of Ami Dang, let's now take a retrospective look over the past 50 years at the sitar used in electronic music. In roughly chronological order, we will hear two tracks from Ananda Shankar from 1970. He's no relation to Ravi Shankar, by the way. Two tracks from Dutch sitar and Moog player Akko Becker from around 1971, including a German yoga instruction record. A track from German group Amon Dool II in 1972. Yves Hyatt with a track from a DeWolf recording for broadcast libraries dated at 1976. The American group Cosmology from 1977 a 1978 track from the French progressive rock band Clearlight, and then we will jump to the more present with a dub-influenced track from 2020 from Greek musician Zitar Sonic and Belgium-based Electric Universe, and finally a trance-inducing treat from Acid Mother's Temple and the melting Parezo UFO, a recording from Japan from 2003. You can see the podcast for a complete, detailed playlist for this episode. Very long, sir. Thank you. 
langsam auf den Bauch und nehmen Sie die Entspannungsstellung in der Bauchlage ein. Diese Stellung heißt Delfin. Entspannen Sie sich. Und nun die Cobra oder Bujangasana. Stellen Sie die Hände neben den Schulterkugeln auf den Boden und lassen Sie die Ellenbogen während der ganzen Übung im Kontakt mit dem Oberkörper. Jetzt heben Sie langsam den Kopf und ziehen ihn ganz zurück in den Nacken. Heben Sie Wirbel für Wirbel den Oberkörper an. Zunächst die Schultern, dann die Brust. Der Kopf bleibt im Nacken, bis der Bauchnabel vom Boden abhebt. Stehen bleiben, 
halten Sie Ihren Körper in dieser Stellung hauptsächlich mit den Rückenmuskeln und nur wenig durch die Kraft aus den Armen. Jetzt legen Sie den Körper langsam wieder auf den Boden. Zuerst berührt die Brust den Boden, dann die Schultern und zum Schluss entspannen Sie auch Ihre Nackenmuskeln. Entspannen Sie sich schnell und wiederholen Sie dann die Cobra noch einmal. Heben Sie den Kopf, den Rumpf und halten Sie die Spannung. Und legen Sie Ihren Körper wieder zurück und entspannen Sie sich im Delfin. Legen Sie nun die Arme neben den Körper, sodass Sie die Handflächen neben dem Gesäß auf den Boden drücken können. Dies ist die Ausgangsposition für die Heuschrecke oder Salabasana. Atmen Sie tief ein, halten Sie die Luft an, Heben Sie die Beine im gestreckten Zustand vom Boden. Bleiben Sie so stehen. Senken Sie mit dem Ausatmen die Beine wieder ab und werden Sie für einen Moment wieder locker und anstrengungslos. Wiederholen Sie die Heuschrecke noch einmal. Einatmen, die Luft anhalten, die Beine gestreckt heben. Halten Sie die Spannung. Und senken Sie die Beine wieder langsam ab. Entspannen Sie sich im Delfin.
I hope you enjoyed this exploration of the sitar and electronic music. Please see the podcast website for a complete playlist and associated links for this episode. Many thanks to Ami Dang for helping me with this podcast. You can explore releases of her music and find a link to her podcast by looking at the playlist. If you would like to know more about the history of electronic music, please read my book, Electronic and Experimental Music, 6th Edition, published by Routledge. All of the music heard on this podcast, unless otherwise indicated, is brought to you from the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, a curated collection of vintage recordings. All crackles, surface numbers, and other imperfections heard in this podcast are purely intentional. All intro, outro, and other incidental music is by Tom Holmes. For a complete playlist, go to theholmesarchive.podbean.com. For notes about this episode, please see my blog, Noise and Notations, at tomholmes.com. So long from deep inside the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music.